This Cincinnati Bearcats preview edition of the Big 12 College Experience, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, is brought to you by Patreon. Score exclusive perks and content available only to our patrons at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. College Experience, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. We are rolling along with preview number two in the Big 12. We're going reverse standings order. So preseason number 13 in their inaugural year in the Big 12 is the Cincinnati Bearcats. Two years ago, removed from making the college football playoff. I am one of your co-hosts, Moneyline Mac, a.k.a. the former, former video coordinator for Cincinnati fans, Bob Huggins and Frank Martin. And I am joined by one of my co-hosts. He was born in Provo, Utah. He's got family names, Iowa. He is a walking contradiction. Lives in Morgantown, West Virginia. West Virginia grad. Co-host of the Ryan and Russ show. Rambling Russ, what's up, brother? How you doing? Visited Cincinnati for the first time this year, too. So add that to your list. Cool town. Had a great time at Skyline. Went twice in one day. It was awesome. For sober and not sober. So fits both needs for you. Which one was Great. better? Hmm. It, it, good question. Both. They were both good. I like I like it. it. The fact that you can still eat it sober says it's it's good. But you know, you all know what the drunkies like when you have that and it's just like, oh, this this is the best in the world. So it, it amplifies when you're drunk. Everything amplifies when you're drunk and you're wondering who that other voice is. If you're listening on Spotify and Apple, he's batting in the three hole. He is always fighting a family civil war in the big 12 family ties in Texas, Oklahoma, central Florida, Cincinnati folks, skyline, Chile. He's got his big 12 seed spread throughout. He is the big 12 guru. Troy tuning. What's up, man? Hey, the, uh, the Cincinnati reds are actually kind of crushing it this year too. So I don't know. Maybe there's some maybe there's some good vibes in the city. Uh, you'll definitely hear me make fun of Skyline Chili and and anything that goes on on the back end, like a, a post digestion. But man, I can crush a, a, anything from Skyline. I, I prefer to have you know chili on a hot dog, but you can put it on pasta. That's a okay with me. I'll mm. still I'll still eat everything. Yeah, I and I mean you could go. Uh, to the other sports as well, where they're rolling. Yeah. They got the Reds who are just out of first place in the NL central right now, but yeah, shit. You just look at the Cincinnati freaking Bengals went to Super Bowl two years ago, AFC championship last year. Cincinnati's riding high right now. Skyline Chili's going in. You know what? This is going to be interesting because the Bearcats, you're number one of the big 12. Let's first rewind back to 2022, their final year in the American athletic conference. Where they went nine and three, six and two uh, overall, or six and two in league play. Overall, a solid year. I mean, they came off thirteen and one, where they ran the table. Twenty two and two in the previous two years. 
Um, if you were betting on Cincinnati, uh, and we'll talk about this, they were not kind. Three, nine, and one ATS. So if you faded Cincinnati last year against the spread, you came out on top. They uh, we'll, we'll get into who they lost, who who they gained, and who they lost. But most importantly, they lost Luke Fickle. He was fifty-seven and eighteen in his uh, six years in Cincinnati. He takes a job in Wisconsin. Rush, uh, what were your thoughts on last year's Bearcats? And it was a tough spot finally coming off that playoff year where they lost all those NFL guys, Ritter, uh, Sauce Gardner, etc. Yeah, I mean, actually, record-wise, did really well, but you said it, what, 3-9-1 and one against the spread, so what does that tell you in a lot of close games? And that means they won a lot of close games, and usually when you win a lot of close games, uh, you know, the next season, you may not win as many close games. Things have a way of evening themselves out, especially now with Fickle at Wisconsin. Um, you know, Cincinnati, there, there's a reason they're ranked 13th, that unlucky number 13 number. Uh, but hey, there is something about these t- teams. It is it is college football. There's something about these teams that when they have nothing to lose and everything to gain and Satterfield wants to make a name for himself, you know, after not doing too great at Louisville, doing okay at Louisville. And Emory Jones is in that same position. So, hey, could, I mean, they they can make something for themselves, but I get why it's not expected. I just can't figure out how much stock to put into the Louisville-Cincinnati bowl game because Satterfield didn't coach either team, but the team that he prepped the most kicked Cincinnati's ass. So is that a positive for them <laughs> getting Satterfield or is that a negative? Uh, really don't know. That was nuts. Dion Branch coaching Louisville too. It was in Fenway. Actually got the Cape Cod shirt going on. That 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 game was the definition of the Spider-Man logo and everyone just pointing at each other. No one knew what side of what was going on. And, and the ironic thing is like Cincinnati and Louisville used to have some big time games in the Big East, whether it was football, basketball, or a basketball standpoint. I know it's a football show, but you think of the Hugs, Patino days. I mean, there were some wars there. So, yeah, no, we, weird situation with Satterfield coming over from Louisville over to Cincinnati, both so close to each other. I thought, you know, I, you mentioned it. I thought, uh, Rush, the way you broke it down, they barely beat ECU. They barely beat SMU, U, USF. But, you know, what? I felt like the culture of their program coming off that 22-2 mm-hmm. and two run over two years uh, stint there kind of just carried them and found ways to win. I thought they should have probably could have won that Arkansas game. They should have won that uh, game. Yeah, Brian could have made a couple throws, but Brian's not there anymore. But, uh, yeah, no, Luke Fickle, that era is over. The American era is over. They're in the Big 12, the best and most entertaining league top to bottom in America. And we will preview the 2023 Cincinnati Bearcats. But first, I got to let you know that we are brought to you by Sports Gambling Podcast Patreon. Do your part in the war against the corporate gambling and sign up today with the SGPN Patreon. Tons of exclusive content, contests, and merch just for our patrons, plus a monthly SGPN stories podcast and ad-free, uncensored, showing highlights, the best stories from decades and decades of being a DGen. There's even a Discord channel for our pa- individually our patrons. The Sports Gambling Podcast Patreon is a great way to score exclusive perks and support SGPN. That's the sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. Sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. And we're back on the Big 12 College Experience talking Cincinnati Skyline Chili Bearcats. And mm. we are talking about everybody watching on YouTube. 
follow uh, the college experience, Big 12 college experience, because if you look at the bottom of the screen, shout out to Cam Kerr, our graphics guy. The Cincinnati Bearcats over under set is uh, low four and a half. Uh, I <laughs> carry the Here we zero go again. Plus twelve hundred, or sorry, twelve hundred and one to uh, win the Big Twelve, aka a big number, and then five thousand to one to win the national championship. Um, Rush, did I get it right there? No, I think it's one twenty to five hundred because it's the one hundred. So delete two zeros from both sides. They're 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 plus twelve thousand and plus fifty thousand. So we we know those numbers are correct. So. Do your, your, I butcher, your I butcher once you get past the other zero. So yeah. a lot to a little. So yeah, there we go. That's all um, that needs to be said. Rush, get, give us a scouting report on the Cincinnati Bearcats. I'll let you lead it off with the with the new head ball coach, uh, Scott Satterfield, comes over from Louisville. Um, an interesting tenure, I think we can all agree. Twenty five mm-hmm. and twenty four in four years. Had a losing record in the ACC. Successful at Appalachian State. Comes over to Cincinnati and he's bringing some friends. What do you think of uh, these Louisville Cardinals? He, th- these Louisville Cardinals. You mean these Cincinnati Bearcats? <laughs> these Cincinnati. I mean, Bearcats. it is. I mean, they're the same. Yeah. So, so we're, we're good. both red. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't go off on a Louisville Cardinal rant there. Cardinals yeah. rant there. Um, I, I think everything you said there, to an extent, I'm surprised he got the job, but at the same time, too, it is Cincinnati in a carryover year when they've already had a lot of success, and you know, it's it's they can afford to have a type of season that we're expecting this year. They do have a solid defense. Um, defensive line is, is going to be solid as well. Of course, the questions are on offense and something about Cincinnati that, that we talked in previous episodes is their defense is probably going to be their best offense. And I think the question is for the quarterback, Emory Jones, who's transferred a couple of times, but, it, but been at some pretty good universities is can he fight that internal, uh, debate of trying to be a hero or be a game manager. And I, I really think that's what the season comes down to for Cincinnati because again, and we don't expect them to be in Big 12 contention, but they can be spoilers. We know that. And we, there's also been a lot of great coaches at Cincinnati who've made themselves names later. So maybe Satterfield's trying to do the same thing. You know, Brian Kelly as well. So Cincinnati is is kind of the, in that in that sweet spot um of of no expectations but hey we got we got nothing to lose and we we really like it when we have nothing to lose and don't have expectations satterfield's got to be ready for the pressure the uh the last game of the year that they probably should have even beat Tulane in i think they lost like uh three points 27 24 or something like that it's their only loss at nippert in the last five years Mm -hmm. that's Kind of an insane run, and that's not something that Scott Satterfield did at Louisville, create some like home scary area. He's going to have to really be ready for any of the pressure that's going to come from. I mean, we could see upwards of four or five home losses this year. So he's going to really have to turn it around. I know he's looking to uh, kind of spread the offensive line out a little bit and maybe get a little more uh, a spacing most likely to get Emory Jones on the run out of the backfield. But yeah, they're going to be leaning on their defense really, really hard. And hopefully it kind of plays out with some of these pass happy teams in the big 12 that maybe they can create a bit of a pass rush and, and get under the skin of some teams. Yeah. And I I'll ask you this. I'll, I'll turn it right back over to you guys rush. I'll, I'll let you lead it off. 
do you think they won the off season or did they lose the off season? And, and what grade would you give it? Obviously the coaching change, they got a lot of turnover, good defensive line. Would you say they won or lost and what grade would you give them? I would say that they lost the off season, but it's not necessarily to their doing. I think of anything it's their doing because they were so successful that they lose their guy to Wisconsin. And now they need to recreate a culture because don't forget this Cincinnati team has been kind of, I mean, the Bengals haven't been great, um, you know, historically till recently, obviously the Reds, you know, the Bengals at most could maybe get to the playoffs, but then usually got crushed by the Steelers. So this Cincinnati, like Bearcats culture has kind of been the one holding things down in town. And now all of a sudden there's this expectation to win and, and, and hold on. Um, like we talked about their defense seems still pretty solid. I think there's just so many, it, it goes to what we talked about with West Virginia. There's this transfer portal. I mean, unless there's actually big name guys going here and there that have already kind of proven themselves, it's more about what you kept. And I don't know if from a player standpoint or a cultural standpoint that you've kept that much, but obviously that, that, that doesn't mean they can't grow from here. I'll probably give them like a C minus because uh, it would technically probably be a D if you really wanted to give it. But like I said, it's kind of the conundrum that they created. They've been so successful. So a lot of their guys went to other programs that are bigger, but now they're kind of noticing that they're, they're back down and have to do it again. So that's the question. Can they do it again? So putting the position they're in, they probably did a little bit better than the actual grade, but they get an F this offseason. Scott Satterfield is not one of my favorite coaches. I was not okay. impressed with anything that he did with the talent that he had at Louisville. And mm -hmm. when your biggest name in the transfer portal is Emory Jones, I laugh at you. <laughs> yeah, I uh, on the field, I, I kind of agree with you guys. D minus, D plus from a talent standpoint um, and coaching. Now, the overall program, I would say an A plus because they went from the American to the Big Twelve, and obviously, maybe that's more of a university. Yeah, financially, A plus plus. Yeah. So I, I think you could get it's a, it, it can two things can be true where it's going to be interesting with Satterfield. I wish they had hired a better coach um, to lead them into this transition from the American to Big Twelve, but they went with Satterfield. Interested to see how he coaches Emory Jones because we've seen him have success with uh, dual-threat quarterbacks in the past. Emory Jones was a dual-threat guy at Florida. Troy, do you think there's any chance, or not, not any chance, there's always a chance, but could you see this thing fitting at all? No, because Emory Jones is not a dual-threat quarterback. He's a running back that plays quarterback. There is nothing that talented that he does with his arm. I mean – he can bomb it, but you don't really know where it's going. I'm not, uh, I wouldn't classify him as a dual threat quarterback. I would just call him a runner in the backfield. Yeah, I think this is going to be a rough start to their Big 12 year. And like you said, Ryan, you know, financially they'll gain from it and eventually things will turn around um, and they'll be back kind of to the, to the Cincinnati that we've known for, you know, since the Brian Kelly dates. Um, but I, yeah, it's, I don't know if Satterfield's going to be the guy either. It, it, it's it's a in terms of money, f in terms of what's going on. So there goes my. There's why the C minus is is there. So it's going to be interesting, man. Not I, from I, a good way. 
Yeah, I think a lot of these teams are going to kind of go through what West Virginia did a couple or not a couple years ago, <laughs> a fucking decade. Trust now. the climb. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, this has been the climb in the Big 12, and then it's been the f- stumble as well. But uh, out of the gates, the Mountaineers struggled the first two years in the Big 12, and it, it took an adjustment of uh, building up that depth in the trenches. And then finally, year three, four, and five under Dana, they started to win mm-hmm. some big games in the Big 12. I think it's the same here with Cincinnati. They do have good, a good defensive line, obviously. Um, all league guys uh, like Cor- Corleon and Briggs. So, I mean, they, they got the, a couple dudes up front on the defensive side, but so much turnover on the offensive side and, and led by Emory Jones. I'm not trusting that guy. But we will dive into the schedule when we come back because I got to let you know we're brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. The NFL season is right around the corner, and Underdog Pickup is a great way to get down on a ton of NFL player props and available and a tons of market if you Cincinnati fans want to bet on your Bengals. Plus, plenty of opportunities to win their daily MLB contest. And, of course, make sure you enter Best Ball Mania to uh, have a chance to win first place that gets $1 million like Dr. Evil. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com, underdogfantasy.com, and use the promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. And we are back on the Big 12 college experience talking Cincinnati Bearcats in the inaugural year of the Big 12. And we are going to go game by game. And uh, those that just listened to our um, uh, West Virginia Mountaineers episode, we do a format where we go two out of three, whichever uh, majority rules here, we move along and we'll have a composite standings at the conclusion of all 14 previews. So let's lead it off with the Cincinnati Bearcats. Uh, I think they're going to win this first game because they got the EKU Colonels coming to Nippert here to start off their inaugural year in the Big 12. Obviously, this is not a Big 12 game, uh, unless I miss that EKU was a part of the Big 12. Uh, Rush and Troy, do you have this as a dub? I, I do, but be careful. It is regional. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Be careful. Be very careful in this game, yeah. Cincinnati. Don't overdo it. Richmond, Kentucky has also had some of the Messiah seed spread around it. Um, <laughs> Eastern Eastern Kentucky, uh, I don't know. This this could be a really really big letdown. I'm not going to rule it as a as a loss for Cincinnati, but I'm taking the I points. Think, I think you could really take the points on this. I mean, Eastern Kentucky can score the if if things get out of hand or if if it becomes a shootout. That could be really uncomfortable for Cincinnati. Maybe Emory Jones really, really does suck. I don't disagree at all. I'm looking back. Louisville played EKU in 2021. Louisville beat them 30-3 to because I, I feel like Satterfield's the kind of guy that could lay an egg in a game like this. But mm-hmm. I think we all agree here that they – I mean, if they if they lose this game, you, you, you might as well hammer the under right now. Or if you think – or. I guess if you think they have a chance to lose, you probably should hammer the under. Uh, we're all on them. Go ahead, Rush. No, I was just going to say, we've talked about this multiple times. We'll talk about it multiple times again, especially when we do our uh, the day before game day segment um, on Fridays. But we, you know, week one is, is the week of upsets, man. You have all summer to prepare for a team. There's been a lot of noise in the Cincinnati um, you know, locker room and, and, and EKU could have just had tunnel vision this whole time. We play Cincinnati week one, get ready guys. 
So just just throwing that out there. And I knew that I knew EKU had beat somebody last year. So I just looked. They beat uh, Bowling Green in seven overtimes. So they have a win over a Division Jeez. One opponent here in the last year. Ridiculous two point conversion off 59 57. And the week before, they almost won at Eastern Michigan. But we are all on uh, Emory Jones at least be 1 0. I'm pretty sure that the Colonel's nickname is somewhat of a joke on the fact that they're only like 30 minutes away from the first KFC. Oh yeah, no, it's uh, I'm surprised they haven't uh, been forced to cha- change their name with this they ridiculous should, society that we have. No, what they should do is one of those like minor league, uh, be the Colonels one night where their whole jersey is covered in you know fried chicken and and mashed potatoes and gravy. The funny thing <laughs> though about KFC, I don't know if you're talking about like the first literal location or how that works. It was actually founded in Salt Lake City, Utah. Very interesting. There you I did go. Not know there, that. There's some BYU. Well, I guess there's always a Mormon connection. <laughs> yeah, there's uh, always something, right? I I, can, I know you can't wait to do well, the BYU one here in a couple. <laughs> of weeks. Uh, all right. Hey, I found a game where I'm going to be all on the Cincinnati Bearcats uh, because in week two they are debuting on the CW Network. Yeah. Former or uh, the future of the Pac-12 uh, conference, if there is one, and <laughs> they are going to that filthy Heinz field or whatever the hell they call it now in Pittsburgh. Um, This is an interesting game because both teams, it seems like the strength in the trenches Pitt's always good up front. Rush, where are you going here? This could be a look ahead for Pitt. They have West Virginia on deck in the backyard brawl. It could. And I'm glad we played Duquesne this week from a West Virginia standpoint. I think this is a game where Cincinnati leads like three and a half quarters. Pitt ties it up mid fourth quarter. And then, Pitt goes on, goes up seven, then Cincinnati's deflated and Emory throws an interception. And the score won't reflect the game at all, but I think it's going to be that game. I do have Pitt winning it, but sit, like give three quarters of it to Cincinnati. How about I, you, Troy? I don't think it's that close. I've got Pitt winning this game, and there's just nothing that Emory Jones is going to do that Narduzzi's not going to be able to get Pittsburgh ready for. I'm trying to look back. Uh, Pitt and Louisville played last year. Uh, Louisville actually won 24 to 10 with Ke- Keaton Slovis at quarterback. Obviously a new team with Pitt. I'll, I'll take Pitt to win at home, close one, because then it sets up that they're potentially ranked when they come into Morgantown and just get their ass beat. So, uh, yeah, we're all we're all on uh, that uh, each ship pit here to make uh, the Cincinnati Bearcats one and one. Moving along, oh, this is this is a sneaky game now. Mm-hmm. This is a sandwich spot coming off the pit loss. You got to play Miami of Ohio, kind of a regional battle as well from Oxford, Ohio, a Max school, little brother angle. Uh, Rush, walk me through this game. Could we see yeah. an upset? And then you have Oklahoma after this. Yes, you can absolutely see an upset in this. Um, I think this is by the time this game starts, this is going to basically be a pick 'em in terms of the spread. Um, and, and, you know, ask, this is definitely a game too, where it's like, ask me when it's a little closer type of thing, but we are predicting the full season now. Uh, you know, the game, the Cincinnati over under is four and a half. They are going to have to get a couple wins in there. Um, I'll give them the win, but that could change going into week three. I, uh, I'll, I will give them the win just because it's at Nippert. But again, this could be a, a really, really scary point. And uh, Rush, did you take Pitt to beat Cincinnati? 
I did. I did yeah. at the end. I said so, Cincinnati would lead. So like we three. have them zero and two, or oh, oh I guess two. one and one, one as a yeah. East East. Sorry. So now, yeah. Okay. One Sorry, I got yeah. confused there for no, a second. No, you're good. You're good. We but, we we all got them at two and one. I think. Yes, after one and two. Miami, Ohio. No, two and one because Eastern Kentucky. Oh, what am I we, saying? We that one. We're saying the same thing. We're, now we're doing the Spider-Man logo yeah. with Louisville, and there yeah. you go. You're right. We're Satterfield. We're Satterfield in the audience yeah. right now. I, I got into a Cincinnati state of mind, so excuse me. Let me just kind of get out of it for a second. Okay, I'm ready to go with the Big 12 schedule now. And, and, and a little context, too. They've played the last couple of years. That game was a decent game last year, um, but the game was at Miami of Ohio. If the game was at Miami of Ohio, I would be really tempted to take uh, – I think they're the Red Hawks now. I'm surprised they haven't been renamed with this soft society we live in. But <laughs> anyway, I uh, I move on. Uh, I'm moving along to the Big 12 opener. Here we go at Nippert. And, and Nippert's going to be jumping here because the Oklahoma Sooners are coming to uh, we'll talk about the best possible Big 12 opener for your fan base. That place is going to be absolutely going bonkers. Saw the blackouts during uh, – their American uh, championship runs here over the last couple of years. We got a live dog here, uh, Rush, in, in Cincinnati? Not yet. I, I think Cincinnati loses this game um, pr- pretty handedly. I, I think the live dog against Oklahoma is the following week against Iowa State. I don't I don't think this is that. So, no, I'm going to Oklahoma, and they'll, they'll go to two and two. Uh I don't think Cincinnati has nearly enough even at home to beat Oklahoma. And that's taking into account that I also don't think Oklahoma is that like top one or two by far school. Like it's been predicted in, in the, in the standings. I still just think there's too much depth for Oklahoma compared to a transition year for Cincinnati for them to even have a chance of pulling this upset off. Skyline Chili fans, you guys might like me and buy me a beer when I go there. I think you got a chance to pull this one off, but we're, we're putting you guys down for a loss. Um, I definitely want to see Oklahoma the first couple weeks, see if they got any better in the trenches. Um, but that that's an interesting game. I mean, you can't ask for a better freaking team coming to you. You get your one crack at Oklahoma before they go to the SEC. Um yeah, we were man, talking yeah. about we were talking about before. There is a chance that that defensive line can wreak some havoc and maybe get Dylan Gabriel running around. And Interior I mean, at that pressure. point, you're just hoping for the best. Yeah, Ryan. Well, quick mean, question: Why would people buy you a beer if the, you're choosing them to lose? <laughs> I'm picking them to win. I'm going to pick. Them oh, you are. Right I just get there. I didn't know. Yeah. Okay. Okay. No, as a group, we already had them as a loss, but I'm picking them to win. Fuck it. it okay. Doesn't just making that anyway. clear. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm pulling a pick Dundee and Benedicting right here. So uh <laughs> no, I I uh I think we saw two last year with Texas and Oklahoma when they opened up Big 12 play. That first time going on the road with the target on your back since you announced going to the SEC. I think I think that's a real thing, man. I think I, that's why I docked Texas and Oklahoma a game or two extra this year just because of that narrative, but hey, we uh we got them at 2 and 2. And here we go, Rush. We all will be out in Vegas for this one mm. to end September. Friday night under the lights, 10-15 slot, 7-15 out in uh, mm. Vegas. Would it be 9-15 or, or, sorry, 8-15 BYU time, Rush? Correct. They are in the mountain time range. There you go. Uh, yeah, so we got Cincinnati going to BYU, battle of the newcomers. 
Uh, I'm assuming you're on the Cougars here, Rush. Yeah, they're going to kill Cincinnati, especially this early, and not 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 uh, in shape yet. They'll they'll be huffing and puffing with ten minutes left in the third quarter. Yeah, going out west after a nice nice home back to back games, and then having to play late, huffing and puffing. I got BYU in this one, and once again, I don't think it's relatively close. Yeah, sorry, Cincinnati fans. I'm not. I'm not a. Uh, I mean, their best threat. Yeah. Their best threat is Emory Jones running, and even if he runs for 200 yards, he's going to be dead by the time there's anything going on near the end of the game. I I just I I think BYU is is on a different level. They're more prepared to play in the Big 12. I think that they get this done as well. Um, so we'll move along to October. They got a bye week, so they go to they go to Provo. Deal with that. Uh, take their buy so decent buy here and they're going to play Iowa State the Cyclones coming off the buy Matt Campbell's an Ohio guy Rush where are you going here so this especially coming off the buy and and Iowa State's at, at Baylor the following week if you got to think that Cincinnati's not going to go uh, this long without a big 12 win, but then they, they really could. This is probably another one of those in the moment decisions. I originally had this as a loss, but for now with the buy, Iowa state could be looking at Baylor. Cause that's always a crazy game. Iowa seen Baylor. I'll, I'll give Cincinnati with it being a home game for them. I'll, I'll give them the win and here. I'll give them the win here. I think Iowa state goes by after this game. Uh Oh, there goes our boy. Oh, Rush has disappeared on, I, I, on YouTube. He went Boudini. I believe Cincinnati actually goes Iowa State and Baylor back-to-back at home. They do, and Iowa State is coming off the TCU game, so that's a big spot as well as Oklahoma. Ah, this, I mean, I'm, this, I'm still taking Iowa one? State. I'm still taking yeah. Iowa State. Yeah, no, I, the sad part is I'm, as I look through this schedule, there's one game on here that I think maybe could be the one, but, yeah, I don't. I see Cincinnati starting two and one and the under still being the smart bet at that point, maybe even getting it a little inflated if they were to start two and one. I agree. Rush, did you go Cincinnati? Am I the tiebreaker here? I I, yeah, I went Cincinnati in this game. You went Iowa went State, C- right? Oh, no, you no, went, went Cincinnati. Cincinnati. I went I Iowa Cincinnati. State. Yep, yep. I, I just think that we're going to see – no, nobody's really going to fall that far behind. I, I think everybody's going to get a win within the first three, four games. I think that they're going to get this one. I think this is the one to get if they're going to get one. So I will go. We'll go win here with Iowa State and Cincinnati at Nippert for their first Big Twelve win, and that goes right into uh, the following week where they're back at Nippert and they got Baylor coming to town. Man, they they did not get an easy schedule on the Big Twelve front to start uh, their home schedule. Uh, it, Rush, if we give them a win here or against Iowa State, they're they're not they're not beating Iowa State and Baylor. No, that's correct. And 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 boys, I, I clearly made an error there. Had a little technology thing that went there, and I I I, I read the dates wrong. So I so Cincinnati Iowa State, they both have Baylor you. next. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, the, the contradiction yeah. thing happened. You, yeah. you you introduced me, so I had my so so they both have Baylor after this. One has the bye week, one doesn't. Um, no, well, one, they're, they're not, I'll, I'll still have my Iowa state prediction. I, I agree with that, but they're not beating Baylor. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have Cincinnati really competing in this game against Baylor. Uh, maybe again, the interior pressure causes it to be a bit of a slower start for Baylor, but 
they just have too much offensive continuity for me to think that Cincinnati's strength is going to outstrength Baylor. I I agree, especially with me giving them an Iowa State win. I think Baylor's on a different level in the trenches compared to Iowa State. I think it's a bad matchup. I think Baylor's experience and physicality wears down Cincinnati. Um, so we got them at what one and three in Big Twelve play. Then they got to go to Stillwater visit our ball coach, Coach Gundy. Uh, this is another loss, isn't it, Raj? Mm, yeah. Yeah, I think I mean the only hope here is the poke joke, but I really this is not that this is not big enough of a profile game for Gundy to pull the choker here. This is just a normal like I don't know, 42 to 17 drubbing or something like that where people start to think like, "Oh man, maybe o- Oklahoma State has it figured out." Not so fast, but yeah, I've got I've got Oklahoma State taking this one. Yeah, we're all in agreement and uh yeah, no. Now, now all of a sudden, it's starting to get uh, the over under starting to look good on the underside. Uh, so we got the old American rivalry here uh, as we head into November. Currently, we have them at three and five with four games to play. Over under four and a half. I think if they have any chance to get into the over, they got to get this one. Uh, Cent- or UCF, Central Florida, whatever the hell you want to call them. They're going back to Cincinnati for an old rivalry here, in the, or I guess new rivalry. Where you guys go here, Rush, lead it off. So, so here's my concern, because these are the carryovers from the American, right? And did excellent in the American, and uh, only unfortunately only one won a national championship of these two. So um, the team that didn't win the national championship with Cincinnati is, if Fickle was still their coach, you still have that culture of these two playing. That's the issue is you have a bunch of new guys coming in a new culture. So in this game, I don't know if it necessarily feels the same for like Cincinnati players and personnel. It'll feel the same for the fans, but I don't know if it feels the same. However, this game is in Cincinnati. You bring them away from UCF. Yeah. And, and I'll, I'll go with a win here since, since this is these, these guys have history together and, you know, to get to that over, this is going to be your best chance to do so. So, um, I'll chalk this up to an hour never game for Cincinnati and, and give them the win here. I I just think that John Reese Plumley is better than Emory Jones, and I mean they're lucky that it's at Nippert instead of down in the bounce house. But that's really their only shot is maybe for some reason this late in a what we think would be pretty disappointing season thus far. Nippert gets all fired up. I don't know if I'm buying that. I'm taking UCF. Looking at uh, the last couple games, last times that these teams have met, I know it was a fickle era, but before fickle really, really got it going, every time the home team won, I'm going to ride that trend. So we'll give them a win number two here. But I mean, we're not, we're not very confident on, on, on these wins that we're giving out. It's, no. it's by the skim of the teeth. So that gets them to what, two and four in Big 12 play coming down the stretch. And what was that? Uh, Four and, four and five, right? Four and five. So they're one away. They got to go see Dana here if Dana's still coaching another American matchup. What do you think here, Rush? I think this is one of those, as we talked about in the West Virginia episode, where, you know, the consequence Split. of going game by game, you're just not sure. So I'll, I'll, I'll say they'll either win this one um, or the UCF one. I'll go with UCF since it is at home. 
Um, I'll say that they'll lose to this one against Houston. Yeah, I just when comparing the UCF and Houston game, I just have much more confidence in UCF's program compared to Houston's. And because of that, I think I'm going to give the win to Houston instead of giving the one to UCF. Uh, you know what? Troy just told me I'm going to flip flop here. I'm Benedictine again. I'm going to give the loss to UCF. And looking back, I'm going to, it's a split though. I think we all agree that if they, they got to get one they can here. Get one of those two, just because they're going to be in a situation where they're kind of forced to. And if you want to know the truth, I'm actually more confident in them winning one of these games, the Houston UCF game, than them beating uh, Miami of Ohio. I actually am more nervous for that Miami of Ohio game than them getting a win here. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I don't disagree. I mean, that that is a total trap game. You know, it actually is funny looking back, looking at the schedule. It gets a little bit soft late with UCF, Houston, West Virginia, and Kansas at the tail end. Um, they actually miss the top half of the league for the most part. I don't see Texas on their schedule preseason number one. I don't see K-State on their schedule preseason number two. Um, I yeah, they play. Yeah, the, I don't see TCU, which is no, number five, and I don't see Texas Tech. So they avoid actually – Four out of the top five. The only one they play is Oklahoma, the Big 12 opener. So from a schedule standpoint, they actually got a pretty good draw, especially late. So we got them at, what, two and five in the league, four and six overall, headed into the final two weeks. Um, go to Morgantown. We just did this one a couple days ago. Uh, we, we all were on the Mountaineers. Are we still on the Mountaineers here in, on senior day? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I'm, I'm more on the Mountaineers now than I was a couple of days ago when I was already on them. I don't – I think Cincinnati pretty much has the – everything's off the rails by this point in the season. I, 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 I kind of agree with you. So, we're all on the Mountaineers there, which sets up uh, – they're not bowl eligible, four and seven, but they have a chance on senior day to – Hit the over at four and a half. They got Kansas coming to town. Kansas plays K-State the week before. Do we go with Cincinnati here on senior day for the final game of Scott Satterfield's year number one at uh, Cincinnati? The question is, is Jalen Daniels healthy or not this time of the year? Because Kansas may really need this game. Um, Obviously, since he's going to need it, but it's, you know, if they know they're not bowl eligible, who knows what they're playing for at that point, especially with transfer portal now, because if there's any good players, it could just be like, I'm not getting hurt. Peace out, Cincy type of thing. Um, so even if you don't have Jalen Daniels, I, I'm I'm going to say no here. I, I think they finished this season with the under. Yeah, I can't. I can't pick them to hit the over and and then still tell everyone to bet on the under. So I don't I don't see them winning this game just based on the idea that I don't see them getting past that four win number. I'm on the over. I think they beat Kansas on Senior Day, but we're on the under as a group four and eight and a two and seven inaugural year. It's a tough league, man. Even with the softer schedule, I mean a lot of a lot of fifty fifty games, a lot of toss up games. I think you could talk yourself into the over with maybe a flip game or two. So that leads me to my next question. Um, Rush, what is your ceiling for this team? And what is your absolute floor? You kind of teased it with the Miami of Ohio as a potential floor. Yeah. So the floor would be like losing to a Miami of Ohio. I'm saying only two or three wins is their floor. 
is yeah. is you know they're not gonna you know they're not gonna lose every game they'll they'll win at least two um i think if you want to go floor floor well i guess that's that's the point if you want to go basement like really they yeah. they lose that eastern kentucky game like i'm saying like troy and i are on the same page here be careful i think their ceiling is you know we'll we'll, we'll say they end up going five and seven um and hit the over and they, they shock everyone against Oklahoma. That's, that's their ceiling. They get one of those types of wins in, um, but it, it's, they're, they're not going bowling. Yeah. There's no chance that this team is going bowling. And just looking at the, the, the prospects of a ceiling is kind of doing them a disservice. <laughs> their ceiling is the record. Doesn't matter if they can beat Oklahoma in that opener. That's probably the ceiling. Yeah. Um, even if they don't win that game, if they're able to like go to Stillwater and beat Gundy, that could be, you know, hey, we have reason to look forward. But their floor is they start 0-3 in non-con play and just win maybe one game. Damn, that is, that's pretty bold for their uh, floor. I got their floor. I do have it at two wins as well. If they drop that Miami of Ohio game, I think that could derail first season for Scott Satterfield. I'm actually different. I think if they can get that Oklahoma game, I think they could get to six and play in the whatever fucking bowl game it is on December, like 18th. I think that's their absolute ceiling. I can't see them winning seven games unless they won the bowl game, of course. But uh, I think it's going to be a tough year for Scott Satterfield and the Cincinnati Bearcats in uh, year number one. Would you guys uh, lock under four and a half for the Cincinnati Bearcats, or is this just a strong lane? lock i would say it's a it's much more than a strong lean i mean we don't know too much about the team so as close as you can get to locking it without like i mean obviously it throws the whole bet away but if they don't come out and at least look somewhat competent against eastern kentucky man i mean that it's gonna drop to like two and a half right away is there any specific games you guys are looking at where Either you want to back them or fade the shit out of them. I mean, I'm locking Pittsburgh against them for sure. I I don't disagree that that's a good spot for for uh, for Pitt in their home opener. Um, I, I I would say from my end, if you're the the game where you're trying to make kind of money off them, the best odds that they're going to be at the time, I would I would do that Iowa State game. After potentially being 0 2, I like that one. I also like Oklahoma. If they're potentially getting double digits as a home dog in a Big 12 game in their home opener at Nippert, I think that place is going to be absolutely jumping. So I like them there. If uh, I'm giving out a lock on the points, I, I just that's going to be my narrative all year with Oklahoma and Texas going on the road. I'm taking the points every single damn time. But other than that, I really don't have I don't, I'm not locking the, the season total. Like I said, I kind of was on the over, but. I kind of gave him a generous win over Oklahoma to get him there. So I'm 50, 50, um, any long shots you guys like on this team? Uh, I assume there's no odds for Satterfield to be fired in year number one, right? If you do bad enough, anything's possible <laughs> in the transfer portal. If you hear back from players, everyone's leaving the transfer portal and no one likes playing for the guy. I mean, Hey, it's just, you know, boosters can do booster things. Um, I would say the long shot for me is, and we're talking like reasonable long shot. Obviously, yeah, he's not getting fired in year number one. Yeah, so yeah, don't yeah, comment and be that, like, you guys said he's going to get fired. We're not saying that. It was a hypothetical no, 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 no. joke that, in terms yeah, of long yeah, yeah. shot. 
But what I'm also saying too is like a reasonable long shot is you see it more as is uh, that Oklahoma game is to me the long shot. I would I would maybe put money a couple line. bucks on the money line. Yeah, I think just be, be based on that, I'm I'm also gonna lock BYU as the as the away winner and however many points that they're they need to cover BYU's that's probably a lock as well against the Cincinnati team. I just there's not a lot to like about a Cincinnati team except for interior defensive linemen. And it's just not enough for me to really get behind them. If they had one or two other pieces on offense, then maybe, you know, you could really you just stick to a bread and butter and then have a defensive line that wreaks havoc. But they don't even have like a syrup sandwich on offense. It's not even bread. They're just there's nothing there. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, <laughs> shout out to uh, TCE on YouTube. <laughs> that cracked me up, Troy. Uh, I, I kind of like BYU in that game too, especially if I'm going to talk myself into taking them against Oklahoma as kind of their Super Bowl. A perfect letdown spot going out to the altitude. They're going to get their ass kicked. So, yeah, that might be an alt line game we're looking at taking the Cougars while we're getting drunk in Vegas. So, yeah. No, it's uh, I think I think Cincinnati's uh, stay patient. I, I don't know if it's gonna be Satterfield, but Cincinnati could get this thing going in the right direction. But it's gonna take a year to to transition to this Big Twelve league with the size and athleticism. But uh, yeah, that'll wrap up uh preseason preview number two in the Big Twelve. Next up will be the Houston Cougars, led by Dana Holgerson. But before we get out of here, uh, Rambly Rush, tell everybody where to find you. At Rambling Rush on Twitter and Instagram for your, the West Virginia side of things, check out at Ryan and Rush Show on Instagram and Twitter as well. Of course, with our YouTube page, and please hit the subscribe button there. Uh, you can mostly find me on Twitter. Uh, that's kind of where I do all of my interactions and everything. Just at Troy Tuning. Uh, if you need any kind of memes or you have funny ideas. It'll only take me a few minutes to work something out for you. So we can, we can usually make very quick progress on that front. That is true. I can speak from yeah, experience. Yeah. Especially if you want a picture of Gundy baby with, with uh, the big 12 experience uh, subscribe message. So yeah, you guys can find me at Moneyline underscore Mac in our on Twitter and on whatever you want to call it. Um, Check us out on Apple and Spotify. Leave a five-star. Really appreciate it. It goes a long way with the bosses. Yes, on X. X. Yeah, find me on X. X. Find me on X. Like Des Bryant back in the day. Throw up the X on Twitter or whatever Elon Musk is calling it now. Um, But, yeah, no, uh, and follow us on uh, our YouTube page, uh, the College Experience. All our channels are on there. The main college football experience. College basketball fans, Wes Miller. Big 12, welcome to the Big 12, Cincinnati. You guys think football's are Well, wait till you get to basketball. So it's going to be we're, – we're happy to have you and, and looking forward to having the Cincinnati Bearcats, Skyline Chili, in the Big 12 for years to come. They're on the under. I'm on the over. You know, come on. I'm going – I'm visiting – I want to visit Cincinnati. So it's a great I place. Have, I actually love Cincinnati yeah. and the Bear. This is not to be a harsh. I just think it's yeah. that type of season for them. Hope they end up doing well in the coming years. It's not personal. You heard it. So uh, hopefully you Cincinnati Bearcats are on the over and let it ride. (laughs) 